What's up, founders, and welcome back to the In Demand podcast, where we talk all about how to reach your very first 1 million in ARR. I'm your host, Asia Arangio, and I'm the founder of Demand Maven, where we work with early stage SaaS companies on reaching their very first growth milestones. Let's do this. What's up, folks, and welcome back. Okay, so today we're going to actually break down the top areas for growth the top opportunities that you have, all of which are completely and totally based off of where I look and what I ultimately look for uh, when I start working with a new SaaS or internet-based company. So here's the thing. Whenever people think about growth, a lot of the times they will think immediately about marketing. Like, oh, my number one area for growth is actually marketing. Uh, And nine times out of 10, I actually find that that might be true. But instead of putting more money, dollars, what have you, into marketing, we might actually have other areas, opportunities that we need to explore first. Because even if we were to put a bunch of dollars into marketing and get all the traffic in the world and get all of the people in the world, chances are we might not actually be primed for growth because of some of these other things. So I'm going to unpack what those other areas for growth are and ultimately discuss ways to get more customers without necessarily more marketing. Um, Unless, of course, you're not doing any marketing, upon which I would say, okay, yes, marketing might actually be the first place to start. But next to marketing, here are the, let's say, five places I go to when I'm looking for other growth opportunities. The first place actually might surprise you, but it's actually in the activation and onboarding part of the product experience. So whether you have a demo or a free trial or even freemium, all customers pretty much have to go through the same process of, okay, I have a problem. I am looking now for a solution. I am now trying your product. Does your product ultimately do the thing that I need to do? Does it solve the problem that I have and also surprise and delight me in ways that I didn't even know that I needed? And this is the process of activation. It's the process of I am now, uh, I, I was aware of your product and now I am deciding if I am going to become a customer or not. So activation is typically uh, determined KPI wise by free trial to paying customer or demo to paying customer or free account to paying customer. And from a sales perspective, typically we like to see a sales conversion rate of at least 30%. When it comes to free trial self-serve models, we like to see conversion rates from 30 to as high as 60%. And when it comes to freemium models, we traditionally like to see around a 2 to 3% conversion rate from free account to paying customer. If we're not seeing those, uh, I would say, benchmarks, then it's very possible that there's opportunity. I want to be careful here because benchmarks really truly are a benchmark. It is not a minimum, and it is also certainly not a um, ceiling. Uh, So I guess so. I guess like to reiterate, those benchmarks um, they could certainly be considered the floor. However, that's not to say that they are also the ceiling. Which means if we're only converting at thirty percent free trial to paying customer. That's not to say that we couldn't get 40 to 50%. And there are some in the industry who would argue that 60% is actually really the floor. So for example, 
uh, I believe Rob Walling actually, uh, very much encourages uh, founders to strive for a 50 to 60% conversion rate from free trial self-serve to paying customer, which uh, for me is like, whoa, like that's that's like impressive. Um, whenever we see conversion rates that high, we're usually really, really impressed. Um, but more often than not, we actually find that those conversion rates are actually quite low, even on the sales front sometimes where maybe we're only converting about 15% of deals or maybe only, uh, let's say, 10 to 15% of free trials are actually converting into paying customers. This is a huge growth opportunity for your business. And I would actually argue that it makes more sense to focus on activation before you go hard on acquisition, which means the process of getting traffic, trials, and then, of course, getting people to actually sign up for um, your, you know, any lead magnets, newsletters, you know, whatever it is that you're offering on the marketing side. So activation is really the process of, okay, I've started my trial, but now how do I become a customer? And do I actually want to become a customer? And activation includes, it absolutely includes marketing, but it also includes product experience, of course, and also customer success and even potentially sales if you have any of those functions on the uh, on the team today. And if you don't have those functions on the team and if it's just you and maybe a couple of other people, then, then someone has to ultimately be thinking about those roles in the activation process. Marketing and product work together on creating product marketing, basically the process of explaining how to get the most value out of the product in addition to how customers should be thinking about the product in the context of of their problem, but also of the market. And then, uh, of course, products should be thinking about what is the actual user experience as someone goes through and experiences these features for the very first time. Uh, Customer success should be thinking about, okay, now that people are actually signing up, what are the top things that people need to do to get success so that way they ultimately do become customers? How do we get them at a place to where they are getting the value that they need so that way they are locked and loaded and, and going strong? And then from a sales perspective, um, if there needs to be any sales activity, such as um, meetings, agreement definition, maybe you're creating and thinking about SLAs, like whatever that account management activity needs to be, and or um, just actual like contract signing activity, <laughs> so actually getting the deal closed. Um, if you have a sales team, at least, then there's activity happening in there as well. But activation is a complex process, uh, and it's not just the conversion flow of becoming a customer. You've got to be thinking about how new users are coming into the product, getting value, not only getting value, but having their needs and expectations um, exceeded, not just met, but like it goes beyond what they potentially were expecting. Because that's ultimately what closes the gap into someone becoming a customer very quickly. But activation, usually one of the very first places that we look at, uh, especially if it is not performing at quite at the level that we would expect it to. And if it's performing extremely well, then the next tier below that would actually be, what does activation look like on a per segment basis or a per plan basis, which is a different level of activation. And so what we would like to see there, of course, as well, is that um, that there is a, a good healthy stream of people equally converting well into the desired plans. But this also speaks a little bit to acquisition as well. The next big area, and this won't be, I don't think, as surprising, but the next big area that we look at is retention. So sometimes we will work with companies that have a churn problem. 
and they have a churn problem and they're not exactly sure how, when, where, or why they have a churn problem. They might have a sense. Um, so for example, they might be collecting churn reasons from people who cancel their accounts, but they might not have the best way of figuring out strategically where they should go based off of that churn feedback. Or it's possible that um, there's some other things happening from like an acquisition or even activation perspective that's causing retention to be poor. But this is another huge area of opportunity for growth. And I dare say that if we are not retaining customers at all, or if we're not retaining customers efficiently, we won't grow point blank, period. Like it just, it won't happen. Or it'll happen, but it's going to require so much more energy on the acquisition side that you'll basically have to spend three to 10 times more to acquire more customers because the bottom is falling out too quickly and so fast that you can't actually build a solid base of customers. So retention really speaks to a number of things. That The first and foremost is it's possible that we have the wrong product for the wrong market. Um, and actually, I, I, I would argue that might actually be the, the first and primary reason. People churn because they are not getting the value that they needed out of the product And it ultimately doesn't fulfill the jobs to be done or the job that they were hiring the product for. They found something else that was better and solved their problem better than whatever it was that they were currently using. Or it's possible that the context changed. So we all collectively went through a pandemonium, a pandemic, whatever you want to call it. And it's very possible that people's contexts have changed. Therefore, the problem that they are experiencing has changed which could mean that they might not need particular types of solutions anymore. But that kind of information is absolutely critical to understand and to know. And the only way to really unpack retention is to talk to customers, both existing and also ideally people who are on exit and who do ultimately churn. The tricky part with retention uh, as as a growth opportunity is it really does kind of require you to, you know, go all hands on deck, especially if the company has extremely high churn. Like we're talking like 30 to 60% high, which basically means that you have to spend a ton of energy and time uh, getting more customers um, because, you know, the bottom is basically falling out, which is not a good feeling to have, of course. But all that to say, retention is another pretty huge area and room for improvement. But if retention is relatively healthy, then the next area of growth that I look at has to do with expansion revenue. So let's say retention is actually doing all right. The next area for growth is expansion. This is the upsell and cross-sell into uh, existing plans that you have and or add-ons which if you follow Patrick Campbell's work over at ProfitWell and then of course Price Intelligently and now uh, Paddle, then you know that over time, the best way to maximize revenue is to think about upsell and cross-sell opportunities. So most SaaS companies will start with one single tier and then they'll over time expand into uh, two to three more tiers Then they might even consider selling to enterprise if that is an option available to them. And then finally, they'll also start considering add-on packages, add-on products that anyone can add on to their existing plan, therefore increasing uh, expansion revenue. 
So expansion revenue opportunities, there's usually several opportunities available to, um, you know, to your product and to your market. But what needs to happen here is there has to be a pretty good research and also product innovation process that enables you and the team to identify when something should be an add-on opportunity versus adding it to the existing plan. And also, there also has to be pretty amazing customer marketing to enable expansion into these other add-ons, which means that not only do you need to have a really strong um, product innovation cycle, but you also need to have pretty good product marketing and also customer marketing as well. So whenever you announce new features, you are also kicking off internal processes and campaigns to get uh, existing customers to adopt those new features and also, of course, sell the value of these add-ons and or um, expanded plans. And then, of course, there's some product UX and UI things that can happen here as well to make upgrading into larger plans easier. But expansion revenue is the other huge opportunity that we look for for growth. Anytime, again, that a company is actually performing quite well on retention and maybe even have net negative churn, which is possible to do. I've seen it happen before. Then the other thing that we look for is expansion. Um, but typically with net negative churn, it's usually because there's more expansion revenue than there is actual churn, which means that there is now negative churn, which is really cool. Um, but like I said, it's totally possible. And it's like really cool when it happens. <laughs> but um, but yes, so the next and the third biggest area of opportunity that we look for is expansion. After that, we get into another area that uh, I actually don't talk too, too much about, but um, but it's definitely a thing that we look at, and that's LTV slash average revenue per user. And what we like to do is we like to see, of course, LTV increase over time. But if we find that either LTV or average revenue per user are not increasing over time and it's relatively stagnant, it likely means a couple of things. Either we're not retaining customers at the level that we would like, and it could also be that we are not seeing as much expansion revenue as we would like. So it could actually speak to both. But LTV is usually the outcome of both of those things. And ideally, we would like to see LTV and average revenue per user increase. The other caveat to this, though, or the other aspect, I should say, of this is there are some markets where LTV is is much stronger than other markets and other segments. And so the other thing that we that we slice and dice this into is we start looking at LTV based on certain types of customers, especially if there's very distinct segments within the customer base. So for example, you might have a product that targets marketing agencies, but then you also might target, um, let's say, small sat- uh, software companies. And the marketing agencies have a much higher LTV than the small software companies. So what we might also consider from a growth perspective is, hey, maybe we should actually focus on the marketing agencies for a while because they have better LTV, and um, you know, which likely means that they're retaining better and also um, more likely to buy the add-ons, things like that. Um, and sometimes this is a little bit more nebulous. So maybe it's like, There's marketing agencies and then there's website development agencies and the website development agencies have higher LTV than the marketing agencies. Um, But again, this is just going to depend on the quality of data that you have and your ability to really dig deep into what the LTV slash average revenue per user is or ARPU. The other thing that we like to look at when it comes to ARPU is we like to see 
Um, you know, of course, we like to see these things increase over time, but where there's opportunities where um, maybe the pricing is based off of her seat, um, we like to see accounts growing over time in some kind of way because more and more people get value out of the product. But this isn't always the case for every type of product. It really does truly depend here. Um, but we do like to see or take note of when that does increase. This also triggers conversations and thinking around, should we be increasing prices? And if so, by how much? Um, of course, to therefore increase average revenue per user. And then finally, the last area that I'm going to mention is operations. Okay, so this might actually be really surprising to you because a, a, you know, as a growth consultancy, we talk a lot about acquisition, uh, activation, retention, and pretty much everything and anything that happens in between those things. And then, of course, we talk about expansion revenue. But operations is one of those things that feels like it's not correlated to growth, but it 100% is. Because at the end of the day, we can have all the conversations and discussions in the world about KPIs that aren't performing as well, or like, oh, we got to focus our energy and effort on activation. Or, oh man, maybe churn is not as great. We got to go and like, you know, do the thing there. But at the end of the day, if we don't actually have internal processes to have that happen, then that also tells me that it doesn't almost matter what the growth recommendations are if we can't execute against them and we can't execute against them well. So one of the other areas for growth that I look at is operations, which is the process of execution. How do we operate internally as a team? How do we uh, make decisions together? How do we decide who takes what? And then also... How do we actually do the thing? How do we actually execute internally? And if we don't have good systems, processes, and rhythms in place internally to do this, then any consultant can come and tell you what to do. But if you can't actually do it, or if you don't know how to do it, then operationally speaking, you won't be able to achieve growth. There was a company that uh, I've had the lovely pleasure of working with several times before, um, but there was a company that initially approached us because they needed help with marketing. And they really um, they really felt like marketing was their biggest growth opportunity. Turns out it was actually activation. <laughs> um, but they felt like marketing was their greatest opportunity for growth. And they wanted to really figure out how to grow and scale like the marketing side of the business. That way they could just be inundated with trials and like all the really cool things. And working together, we actually found, well, marketing is certainly an opportunity, but actually activation is really the thing that needs to be focused on. And then over the years, as we started to address and close some of those gaps, of course, we saw growth. But what was also really apparent was even though we had a really solid way of identifying these opportunities, um, people on the client side, so, so my client's team couldn't actually execute. And then it kind of became a question of, okay, do you have the right people in place? Turns out they needed to make a few key hires. And then also, do we have the right processes in place to actually do the thing? Turns out we also needed some processes. Um, the way that they built product, for example, was very haphazard. Um, it was basically the founder would have dreams about different features to go and build. And then he'd go and tell the engineering team like what to go and do. Uh, and then there was also, um, sometimes engineers would just kind of like, uh, you know, just like decide to deploy things and um, uh, without knowledge to the founder. And it was really interesting because like the, like the product didn't really have a process for how roadmaps were built, how things were determined. 
And it was just really, really clear that across pretty much every single part of the business, whether it was sales, marketing, product, engineering, there wasn't really anything internally uh, actually like aligning everyone to any particular process to actually execute. And then on top of that, critical growth projects would never actually get added to the team's plate, which meant that the team was spending a lot of time and energy on none of the right things. And it wasn't until there was a, a big, you know, come to Jesus moment about, hey, you guys, like we got to like, actually our biggest lever for growth right now is actually just operations. <laughs> um, like we know what to do for activation. You already know what to do for product and retention. And we also already know what to do for marketing. So what we really need right now is actually processes to help us execute. And uh, that was another huge area of opportunity for growth um, that enabled growth because without ops, we ultimately wouldn't have been able to put anything to fruition. Um, But anyway, so that just goes to show that across all of these areas, those are all the different places that we look for growth. And of course, if I were to give you a sixth bonus one, of course there's acquisition. Don't get me wrong. Like acquisition certainly is another area of opportunity here. Um, especially if you are very early stage, you don't have any traffic to the website or you've got less than 10K visits per month. Um, of course, traffic and acquisition is going to be a opportunity or an opportunity where uh, there's energy put into getting traffic, getting trials, getting signups, leads, demos. Uh, but then from there, what we find is actually getting those things can be quite easy. But the rest of growth has to come from activation, retention, and expansion. Um, And ideally, we get to expansion. Uh, But, you know, of course, without activation and retention being healthy, expansion revenue obviously won't be healthy either. So, uh, but in the meantime, I hope that that was helpful. Thanks again for listening. And yeah, I'll uh, maybe I'll come back in the future with another list of other areas for growth I look at. But in the meantime, enjoy. Thanks again, y'all. Bye. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. To learn more about how to reach your growth goals for your SaaS business, head on over to demandmaven.io. You'll find all kinds of free resources, articles, and content. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll see you on the next one.